0: This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs for comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller his Guy Friday, Christian
1: Blatt, and superstar producer, Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller.
2: Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. Christian, how are you? I'm opting in today, so I'm doing quite well. <laughs> Well, that's the key to the option, folks. Yeah. <laughs> N- nobody's got a uh, gun to your head here. <laughs> you can uh Lindsay, what about you?
3: I mean, I'm and the you're, only option. You're a option. woman, so you're
2: Wait a second, what's the empowering option?
3: Me, I'm the only option. There you go. Ta-da.
2: That's the way I like <clears throat> <laughs> That's, uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I can't even say that. Oh. Um, so whoa, I've got a bird attacking my window here. A hmm. hey, fuck face, <laughs> fuck beak. <laughs> Look at him. I'm sure. Why is this bird <laughs> crashing into my window repeatedly? You should uh, put the bird feeder on the outside. <laughs> Look at you, all grown up with wisdom. Uh- I'm thinking it's mistaking my. 34 going on to 36-inch waist. (laughs) Distention for Hitchcock's silhouette. Possibly (laughs) wanting to re-hook up with its old director in The Birds. Get out of here! This is crazy. Uh, Hang on one second. Wow. I opened the drape and it flew away. (laughs) Um... (laughs) It had the reddest head I've ever seen. It was black and white with sort of a, it's like a, uh, not a bob white, but rather a squeaky frog. Some sort (laughs) of red cowling. And now it's attacking the Jerry board Bird, which keeps tripping over its own talons. Welcome to The Option. I'm opting into Oscar uh, morning here. Yes, sir. See, we didn't get much past dawn before the, uh unknown black woman reading the uh, nominees got in a dig <laughs> let me just ask you lindsay as a, as a woman as a black woman um <laughs> yes. for the sake of this conversation <laughs> would women prefer if there was a if there were five directors and it was prescribed that uh, there had to be one woman is that an advancement for women or is that just would would women find that condescending
3: ah. I think that's tricky because I wouldn't want to be given something just because I'm a woman. I'd want my well, that's value what I'm to be asking. Seen. Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe that would well,
2: be. Well, what if the five people this year, I don't even know who they are. Let me see who got nominated in the director thing as I have this list in front of me. All right. Martin Scorsese. I, I, I was not a fan of the Irishman, but certainly uh, he's, you he can't. You can't say that Martin Scorsese has to transition and become Martina Scorsese for purposes of some. A lot he right? does for Martin me.
0: Scorsese. He does
2: for me. I'm woke in 2020, Dennis. <laughs> Todd Phillips, Joker was a big film, right? Yeah, huge. Sam Mendes, I hear it's a tour de force, uh, technologically speaking. Certainly, he's exhibited some chops in the past. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, you knew that was going to be up. Sure, fun movie, right? I mean, it's the it's the best. Of all these movies, right in there. Yeah. So. And then the other guy is—I uh, guess it's a guy because she's complaining. I don't know who Bong Joon Ho is, but I hear nothing but good things about *Parasite*. And certainly he's—he uh, checks the Asian box, right? Right. But I guess so. That's what is what... the? What? What is the? I don't understand why the woman. Uh, I guess she was reading those nominees and says, "Congratulations to all these men." Pointedly. And I'm wondering what the end game is for any sort of uh, minority group. Is it to achieve parity through a meritocracy, which seems much more meaningful, and maybe this year um, there there was no woman who broke this five, or to, uh, I, I think I remember Catherine Bigelow at one point, didn't she win for something and then they quibbled about Uh, That she's a hawkish war... Yeah, she won for the Hurt Locker. And uh, then she didn't win on the Blink-183 or whatever it was called. The assassination of... What was the
0: Yeah, Things to Do in Abbottabad When You're Dead, I think is the name of the movie.
2: (laughs) Worldwide terrorists don't die in Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) Abbottabad. That's a that's a bad place to end up if, when you're yeah. on the run, where you don't know. <laughs> it, it's like Michael Antonioni's name, the Italian director. You don't quite know when it ends, or you have to keep repeating it, like a mirror in a mirror. Where are you from? About 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 But anyway, I thought it was whiny. I don't quite get what the woman's saying, and I'm just intrigued. Uh, women should just come out and say it and say, no, no. If there's five slots, we want one. And if we don't get one, it's rigged. Right. And I, I always find that Rooney role in the NFL to be so condescending. If I was a, a black coach and uh, they say you have to interview a minority coach, <laughs> I'd say, thank you, no. I'll, uh, it's like Peter O'Toole. I think uh, I'll win one of these someday. Then, of course, he caved and I do, I do think took a, a lifetime achievement award. But it, doesn't anybody out there want to do it? Well, like I said, if allotments, I think they're the way of the future, it just seems saddening to me because I, you know, as I look at nine films up for the best picture, what is the, you could almost tell, can't you? It's like reverse engineering or listening to one half of Bob Newhart bit where you can figure out the other part of the phone call. <laughs> right. I can reverse engineer this and tell you what was the ninth film, I think, probably, right?
0: Little Women. Well, and- That's the only film, like if you look at the best pictures, that's the only one nominated, uh, sorry, the only one directed
2: by a woman. Well, that's what I'm saying is that's why they made that an expansion joint. Yeah. I'm not saying Little Women. I've seen Little Women in the past. It's a nice story, and I've enjoyed that film. I'll probably see this one. I haven't seen it yet. But I do know that they made it five through nine because they had to get down. It's like when you do two-column things where you put your hand on this and – Uh, Your hand on this and the left and you put them together, uh, you know, on like a a times table or, you know, what are my benefits eventually? Well, I vested in this year and I did this old or what your heartbeat should be. You know, one of those two column things. I think they have to do that now. And they had to get down to nine. And nine was uh, little women because uh, I think aren't there. This is the Pandora's box. And there, there's a woman. How's that? There, you get that. I'm not over here craving that you call that uh, pandemic's box or something. Your, your, that's your box. The, <laughs> <laughs> my box. Have a,
3: have a, talk about my box. box. the box. Check the box.
2: Slowly I top. Step by step. <laughs> inch by inch. <laughs> but little woman, I guess Greta Gerwig has been fucked over previously for something called Ant Hill or something. Ladybird. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Same movie. And, um, it was also about a little woman, so. Right, so I I guess this is what they want, and to me it seems whiny, and I, I, I guess it's gone from throw like a girl to throw shade like a girl or something, because uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, I don't think any one of those directors is an insult to women. There you go. Who knows. But I assume that this will change soon, probably in my lifetime, and there will be a slot of Black slot and a woman slot, and then uh, you probably have to have a third one for non-denominational minority slot, and maybe that's what they've given the uh, Bangshi Moon or whatever his name is. Yeah, well, let's go it. through the uh, let's go through them in a more fun way. And I feel like Bill Murray in the old SNL sketch where I haven't seen anything. I've seen a few Fo- of these. Ford versus Ferrari. Have not seen. Hear good things that it's fun. Right? Anybody yeah. remember when movies were fun? and uh, I always like it when they hire uh, Christian Bale. Doesn't he play the quintessential American? Of course he does. Well, you don't see me whining no, about why don't they go in-house? Why are they culturally appropriating Americans? We can't find a fucking American to play Christian Bale's part? They're not as talented. He's not American, is he? No, 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 no.
0: They got Matt Damon for the other part, and then there wasn't anybody else. They'd already had the most talented American actor in Matt Damon, so they're like, well, we're out.
2: Let's go uh, see who they have across the pond.
0: No, Prince here's Harry's odd,
2: busy. Odd irony. Um, do you remember when? Uh, oh, I like a good Prince Harry tributary. Well, let me go back to you for a second. What were you going to say? Oh, I just said he's busy, so he wasn't going to be able to be in the movie. Oh, he looks like such a wimp. Jesus, <laughs> what a beaten uh, I saw a little video of him hitting Iger up for voiceover work for his wife. And they shot him from the side, and he's balding. He has that lima bean head now. (laughs) He said, my wife does voiceover work. And Iger laughs like you would in a reception line with a prince and a princess hustling work and said, oh, really? I did not know that. And you can see Willow Bay looking like, this isn't serious, is it? He said, no, no, I'm serious. Uh, You laugh, but she does voiceover work. He said, well, we'll see what we can do. And I'm I'm looking at the sign. I go, boy, when the mirror cracks as far as somebody being appealing or unappealing, you know, I find the, the. I said to my wife, "Anybody remember when this guy was loading up a missile onto a helicopter, and he looked like the coolest young man in the world? And yeah. now he's uh, Christ. He makes uh, uh, Wallace Simpson's husband. What was his <laughs> name? Edward. He, he makes him look like Lou Ferrigno because he looks so sad there. But anyway, it's about time we hire Americans to play Americans, and uh, well, you know, I'll go along and say Ford versus Ferrari." has uh, no shot, no whole shot, as they No, say, no our definitely not. Irishman I saw, finally, got it. It's, if you're going to comment on uh, films, you should see one of them. And uh, I was not fond of it. I, I thought it was minor work. As I said, my son uh, said, they're all so old now. And he called it Grandfellas, which was a <laughs> great show by Marlon. I do love that. Uh, but uh, that's up. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Which I guess is about, is this about the Kathleen Turner cartoon from the Who Framed Roger Jojo Rabbit?
0: Rabbit? No, this is this, is, oh, is. this? I thought it was another guy that was going to say an animated film. This is, this is set in the uh, feel good era of uh, Nazi Germany, a uh, young Hitler youth kid. And uh, oh, his, Jojo Rabbit? Well, yeah, that's what they call him because uh, he's not really made for Naziing. He's, uh, he's a very sensitive boy, and Scarlett Johansson's his mother. And uh, it's actually a great movie. He has an imaginary friend who gives him advice who happens to be uh, Der Fuhrer. So, a very cartoonish Adolf Hitler kind of advises him on how to live his life. And this is good. It's very funny. I mean, I, you know, I don't oh, know. Oh,
2: it is a comedy?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: All right. I might have to give that a watch. Scarlet Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Colin Jost's. Uh... You mean Jojo Jost? <laughs> Hey, come on, Joe <laughs> And then the Joker's next. What? Yeah, what Cesar Romero this deserves it. Come on, Cesar Romero deserves this. The Joes this year. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Joe Mama. <laughs> Joker, I, I, I won't I won't see, but I hear good things about it. It's me. not a U movie. But good but depressing thing. Yeah, right? I thought it
0: was very good, but it's definitely not a U movie. Yeah.
2: Little Women. This is that uh, Herzog Film about the midgets taking over the town, <laughs> I think. And get this one of the girls' name is Joe. <laughs> That's a fact. You can look
0: story. it up. Oh, yeah. Have not. So good. Uh, uh, I seen. can't because you're not married. So good. You're not married. I can't. No, and it's, I it,
2: was, it stars and was written by Dylan McDermott, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, or what's his name? Uh, Jar Jar Fett in the new movie. Well, he's
0: in that. Uh, Adam Driver. And uh, again, so Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Once again, the
2: Black Widow shows up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm more partial to Baby Driver And that's like <laughs> He didn't win an Oscar uh, because it, yeah. So I don't know that one 1917 All I know is that's what it fucking cost me For two tickets to a matinee <laughs> <laughs> 19- I haven't seen it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like that I thought that was good, yeah And uh, let's see Parasite leeching onto the field at number nine. Yeah. And uh, th- this is about uh, a, a B&B that goes wrong or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. It's it's a horror movie. So uh, while while my wife wants to uh, support Asian cinema, she's not interested in horror. So uh, we have not seen that one yet.
2: Asian cinema. <laughs> yeah. um, well, listen, I... Uh, <laughs> can I tell you, I... I, I Timeshare to plays at the beach with Run Run Shaw for two seasons at Hotel de Cap. And uh, he ran Asian Cinema ad nauseum. And they have three good films. And two of them are by Curacao, and one, surprisingly, by Jackie Chan, where he comes down a set of steps just riding on, uh, forget it. Um, <laughs> He's riding on Gojira. Gaugera, exactly. Yeah, Lead actor, um, and once again, I'm sorry I haven't seen any of these, but I don't go to films anymore because I don't like it, and I, I don't enjoy the uh, um, the preaching and all that. And the films are also meaningful. I, I, I watch TCM, I love my movies, but I like magical movies. Or at least, uh, you know, um, movies that are... Uh, <laughs> they might they might not ring true, but uh, that's not what I'm looking for in a movie. Uh, I know other people are different. You know, they look at TCM and think it's mindless, and they want all this. But I don't go see movies anymore. Antonio Banderas, who I did a film with once and was a super nice guy, he's up for Pain and Glory. I don't quite know what that's about either, Christian. It's not about the, uh, some is it something from the Jojo Rabbit? Over the nomination was the uh, first I'd ever heard of that movie. So I remember doing a film in Toronto and called Never Talk to Strangers. Oh, yeah. And I didn't. I didn't. I, said, I told this <laughs> the entire crew I don't like to be bothered. No, I uh, was directed by Sir Peter Hall, head of the Royal Shakespeare Theater, who was slumming to make an alimony payment. And uh, I, and Kevin's film was just uh, Dances with Wolves. Sure. Uh, so he said, I'm Sir Peter Hall. And I said, Pete. And you'd be together in this shithole for two months. I can't call you sir. You understand, and that's why I left the country. You know, uh, way back when. Uh, so, do you mind if I euphemize a uh, sir name for you and call you man with sword on your shoulder? You know, keeping <laughs> with the dance yeah, of wolves. And he liked that. So I'd come in every day. He said, Dennis. So I'd go, hey, man, with sword on shoulder. And he told me great stories about Ralph Richardson and Olivier and that. We had a blast. Lovely cat. And But he was doing it, I think, to make an alimony payment. What else do I remember about the film? Rebecca Dormornay and I were on a date and we were coming out of an elevator and we are supposed to be laughing. I've told you that, Christian, right? You yeah. had an eye shade on and earphones and she wouldn't look over my way. She said, "I made her laugh too much." And I said, "Well, what are you listening to?" She said, "Just music to calm, so you can come off this elevator and be laughing." I said, "But I always make you laugh. Why don't we just, <laughs> why don't we just get off the elevator? I'll make you laugh." She said, "That's not my process." <laughs> I said, well, "This isn't an elevator. <clears throat> Behind a wood door. They're gonna they they pull pulleys and open it." She said, "That's not my process." So she keeps it on right until he goes, uh, "All right, uh, ready." She takes the stuff off and hands it to us. And he goes, in action. And we get off the elevator and we're laughing. Wow. Anyway, that's what I remember about the film. That's the Although hand, the hand that rocks the method. method. <laughs> but I do remember Antonio and I having a fight scene where he crashed me into a wall and I committed the ultimate sin in movies. I yelled, cut. <laughs> oh, i remember <laughs> some of that before. That's right. And Peter said, what the fuck? What are you doing? I said, oh, fuck, Peter. I said, Antonio, please. I, I hit my ear on the wall. Oh. It hurt. So, you know, he was then leaning into me with his uh, forearm, pressing my face into the wall. And that was all would have been fine, but I hurt my ear. So I yelled, <laughs> cut. And then he felt guilty because he's such a sweet guy. But then everybody right after the guilt was like them pissed at me that I had violated the ultimate precept. Of, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm sorry, but you hurt my ear. So anyway, I knew I wasn't long for films then, but uh, a, a good experience, a fun experience, lovely people. But I, I do remember that periodically in times of great stress, even to this day, I'll imagine my ear hurting. So these are engrams. <laughs> don't Ron Hubbard feels. Um, Just imagine. So, uh, if, pain uh, and glory don't know. Yeah.
0: If, if What if he had slammed you into a, a rusted tuna can? Then your ear would have hurt so much.
2: They would have had a shutdown production. Yeah, well, listen, and I'm cruising around a hospital in an elliptical orbit for four <laughs> hours. See if botulism kicks in. Uh, what I've learned oh, about you don't even want to know, folks. Get up, when you get up in the morning, get out of bed, hit your knees. Thank God you're not me. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: By the way, I enjoyed I, we, him we don't know that. Pain and Glory. It's uh, apparently it's uh, one of those movies you have to read. It's subtitled, and uh, I read my books <laughs> and I watch my
2: movies, so uh, not going to see that one. <laughs> I love I love a sound stance like that. Yeah. I liked the uh, Leonardo, so I thought it was very win. Good. Yeah. Adam Driver, don't know it, but it sounds like it hit Lindsay's nerve.
3: Yeah, it was really good. I because uh, it's a sad story since it's about divorce, but I thought that it was still touching and had a nice message.
2: Why did they get divorced?
3: I think they had just fallen out of love, really.
0: That's oh, what it this Sounds like a great way to spend two hours. I want to watch that. It
3: was really good. <laughs> I swear. Well, well, you could uh, just sit on the couch
0: been, with the TV off and fall
2: out of love.
3: I've, I've not been married. So I, I guess maybe that's part of it. But
2: All right. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix in The uh, Joker. And uh, I guess he'll be the front runner. I would say and, so. Yeah. Uh, especially since he, he knew what he was doing going out and getting arrested. Because <laughs> the, the nominations now have happened, but they haven't really voted on it yet, have they? No, because yeah, these, the these votes, are yeah. you
0: now vote on these nominees. Yeah, this right. Is, yeah,
2: so Joaquin going out and getting uh, if he hadn't cemented it already with the performance and then the Golden Globe uh, to go out and get arrested at one of Jane Fonda's rallies certainly etches that in stunts. So it'll be Joaquin Phoenix for that one. We can put that one to bed. But lead actress Cynthia Enviro, well, you couldn't be more aptly named to win, and she played in something called. Harriet, and uh, not hip to that. Scarlett Johansson. Wait a second. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. I thought I saw her name somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Scarlett Johansson's nominated twice.
0: (laughs) Is she supporting actress for uh, for Jojo Rabbit? Yeah.
2: All right. Um, These are these are the
0: only two roles in the last few years that she didn't steal from an Asian actor. So you know, (laughs) these are the ones she gets nominated
2: for. I don't even know how to pronounce the next young lady's first uh, name. I'm sure it's uh, one I, of those Celtic uh, pronouncements.
0: Yeah, Swar- uh, I think Schwarzy Ronan, and she actually plays Joe in Little, Ro-
2: Little Women. There you go. And uh, Charlize Theron, who I believe plays Megan Kelly. She does indeed. <laughs> Do you think the world's not flipped upside down? That uh, Charlize Theron is nominated for an Oscar for playing Megan Kelly. Yeah. And uh, what was <laughs> this? <laughs> <laughs> And then Renee Zellweger nominated twice for uh, Judy, and she also played Roger Ailes. <laughs> Bombshell. Yeah. Uh, I saw Judy the other night. I watched it, and it was good. Okay. It was sad. But she's pretty good. And uh, sometimes when it's... I think there was a really great performance there, but... It kind of gets split in half, you know, when there's two people on film, they get nominated, and they say they split the vote. One half of your thing's an impression, and, and indeed a very adroit one, and half's a characterization, indeed a very adroit one. It sort of splits it down the middle for me in my head. But she was really good, and she should probably win that because it must have been taxing. Supporting actor, got to go with my boy Tito in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. He Kurt was very, from good that. Too, very good in Pittsburgh too. Very good, and that. where Fred Rogers was from. So I've got a. A whole bunch of, uh, you know, mix in my love for Tom. And uh, so uh, I don't know who else is in this. Let's see. Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. I, I, I can't bring myself to watch this. So I, I think it's also free on Netflix because I've got Jude Law coming up in The Young Pope. Yeah. And uh, I forget what that was called, but I love
0: that show. That, that's Although The Young Pope. Heretical. Yeah. This is The Two uh, Popes and there's something else called The New Pope. So uh, The Pope is very big this year. Mm-hmm.
2: And then there's Pope-Pope Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. Yeah. Fine. Brad Pitt wants... Po- oh, geez. Well, Tito's got some... That, that'll that be the twosome, right? I would It'll say be so. It'll be between Those... Tom and Brad. It's a tough choice. All right. I'm going with my guy. But, uh, you know, Brad Pitt seems like a good cat. Uh, supporting actress, Kathy Bates, have the nicest card from Kathy when I acted once and she said, I just watched you in something called The Net and found you so believable. You're a really good actor. And I don't even know her. I just came from left field. I don't even know how she tracked me down. So uh, I'm enamored of her. For Richard Jewell. Let's see, Laura Dern. I think her acting's been uh, great lately. I I saw her in the TV show called uh, Big Little Lies, I believe. Oh, yeah. she has a great line in there where she says, I refuse to not be rich, which made me laugh uproariously. Same here. <laughs> and uh, it's not going well, but I would say Scarlett choice. Johansson. I, <laughs> yeah, I of course I don't find her a great actress, but uh, in a couple things. When she was unknown, I saw her in something called the girl. Um, uh with the,
0: the pearl earrings. Yeah, the yeah. lighting
2: painter. She played the girl <laughs> yeah. with the uh, with the earring. Mm-hmm. And then Florence Pugh, don't know her. Little Women, Margot Robbie, bombshell. Okay, that one seems like that'll be either Laura Dern or Kathy Bates. I hope. Director Martin Scorsese, Todd Phillips. I'm going to go with Tarantino there. He seems hot. And then the rest, uh, don't really know. Screenplay, Irishman, b- 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 Greta Gerwig went for Little Women and adapted screenplay because there's they know they've got problems now with no directors. Yeah. So I uh, listen. Uh, the Irishman, Steve Zalian, Jojo Rabbit, Taiki go with TT. Yeah, not the Island Brando bot. And uh, <laughs> Todd Phillips for Joker would probably be in there with a shot, but uh, two popes, uh, it'll be Gerwig because they've got to do patch up. Now, I'm wondering if Gerwig walks away from that oh, with the Oscar. I guess it doesn't matter in the moment, but does anybody else? Uh, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll be surprised. But uh, just looking at this, I'd have to say, well, they've got to give it to her. They've got big problems yeah. the next day. And who needs the headaches? uh knives out don't know marriage story 1917 well, and quentin tarantino won a second one that night probably all right well there you go that's my oscar uh review as much as i can do it seeing as i have not seen any of the films once about i in Hollywood. you've seen and irishman you've seen too right and uh judy uh, but although that's only up for one thing. So those are the three I've seen. What else is happening in the world? Christian, you referenced Harry has time on his hands a little earlier, and it looks like they have to make nice here. I, I yeah. just saw that the Queen has granted her permission, but I don't know. Listen, you, you can't get that far into Sherwood Forest that she can say, no, you're not allowed to move there. I mean, that, that's not the world we live in. So what else could she say? I guess they grant her the right to... Uh, you know, uh, agree to this or sanction this so she doesn't lose face. But boy, they're, I think they're lucky. Can you imagine? Uh, I don't know much about that woman, but Jesus, it did not seem like she was treated racistly over there. I guess that's what they're putting forward now, are their people, that it was a racist. But geez, the wedding was so big and nice, and uh, her and her family, all of a sudden, with the uh, queen and that. Uh, is that the contention? Well, is that the the contention is in a racist manner that it's more the uh, the
0: attention from the press. but uh, you know they'll they'll say things like, you know, that uh, she has exotic blood and things I've heard, you know, those were some of the quotes of things that they say. So they sort of backhanded like always mention it. but I, I mean, I, I don't I haven't heard anything that the you know the queen or you know, the actual royal family has mistreated her. Uh, but, I, I only follow these things from headlines, really.
2: Wow! Um, if that's what put her over the brinks, or reading some scandal sheet, guys say she has exotic blood. Yeah, oh, geez, you got to buck up, man. The world's yeah. tougher than that. Fuck. Anyway, um, she'll get her ass kissed in Canada. That guy will be over there every three days. That moron. And then you really have to remember what 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 is she looking for in the way of equanimitable treatment vis a vis race. Uh, is she going to crash and burn and move out of England because somebody in the, like I said, the most scandalous rags in the world, Christ, they, they eviscerate everybody over there, said she had exotic blood. Then they'll go over and have coffee once a week with some moron who was dressed up in brown face and black face every weekend. It would seem like, you know, he was on the, uh, Jolson circuit ages ago, uh, <laughs> Trudeau, and he'll be, uh, you know, he'll be a friend who uplifts me and honors me and all that. And you're just saying, oh, geez, what a selective memories people have. Because to me, uh, I could eat more easily uh, get beyond a, uh, I would have to, uh, when I sat down with Trudeau, just say, if I was black, what the, f- what was that all about? What were you doing? And at least have one soiree with him where he was uncomfortable and had to explain it and ring hollow. But they won't, and I'll we'll just be glad handing, and they'll be on yachts in Saint Bart's next year, and the Queen, uh, God bless her, will be on her what? When she get in fifty what eight? Let's guess, she'll be on her sixty second or sixty third year uh, answering the call. Like I said, the Queen really grew on me over these years because uh, she always answered the call. I know she's got a heightened life in a way, but she's got a weird life in a way too. But she. She did her thing, and it wasn't even supposed to be her. And I guess they're very cognizant of who slips it over there as far as becoming. And then she had the last uh, Meghan Markle. You know, she's getting on both sides. She finds the uh, – she's done in by the uh, whiny American gal. You know, we've got Wallace Simpson on the first part. And uh, on the back end, she's got Meghan Markle. So I'm sure it's the irony yeah. lost on the queen that 60 years of heavy lifting in the interim. Yeah, she's you're, done in by you're, two you're, p-
0: you're done in by number eight on the suit's call sheet.
2: <laughs> Boy, that is that is beautiful, Chris. <laughs> oh, I uh, love that. That is... <laughs> who would have thought if I was still in the... Tweeting or Facebook business. We tweet for you. Yeah,
3: you are in yeah. the Facebook oh, I and Twitter we
2: business. We no, don't know, that. but I don't put those up. You no. put up this. Oh, okay. I put those up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You and yeah, Tim yeah, under right, Under, right. under <laughs> my, <laughs> my nom de plume, Christian Black. Yeah. No, no, I used to put jokes up in that. Yeah. But it's just too hateful. These. No. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, as, as bulletproof as I can be about people hating me, occasionally... It would hurt, and I'd say, well, you're whiny, too. What are you looking at this for? So I haven't been on in a long time, but uh, I, I understand you put stuff up. And Christian yeah. does that. He has my my power of strip mall attorney. <laughs> uh, what else is up? Uh, uh, well, uh, I just wanted to uh, make point. Who's uh, on
0: uh, Great actor, Kevin Pollak. Ah, we'll do the do Paul man.
2: Later. Beautiful. Mrs. Meisel, we'll ask him about the Oscar picks because he knows more than me. I'm sure he's seen all these. I bet. So I'll pick his brain on that a little and uh, see what else the pole man's up to. I think he's playing a little poker here and there. I saw that, yeah. Um, What else up, Christian?
0: Well, I was just going to mention that uh, in June, Queen Elizabeth will have been on the throne for 67 years. uh, So even a little bit longer than you said. So I just wanted to point that out.
2: God bless her. 1953. So she (laughs) got in when I got in. I <laughs> well, got in when I got out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and we both crowned in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did. You might want to put that on the pad. <laughs> like that? Yeah, wait oh, that's good, Sammy. Come on. Sammy, that's fucking beautiful. Take it for a second.
0: Well, you know, Queen. a little later in the show, we'll play voicemails. And you can always leave us a voicemail at 866-509-RANT. That's 866-509-7268. In fact, right now, we've got Larry from Illinois. Queen and I both crowned in
2: 1953.
0: Beautiful. Really
1: enjoyed seeing you and Jay on TCM the other night. You guys really... Look like you have a great relationship. And it was great to see Martin again. I hadn't seen that in a long time. Actually, I forgot the ending. But it reminded me of one of my favorite movies. The movie Avalon it really depicts the time when I was born all the way up to maybe when I was about 20 or 25 years old, because it's a period before TVs, how how important the radio was, how our culture changed when the TV came on the scene. But anyway, I love all the podcasts and and the team that you have. Thanks for a great show.
2: Thank you, my friend. I think Avalon's done by Barry Levinson, right? I think you're right, actually. And I think Pullman was in that. And we've got him on today. Maybe I'm wrong, Christian, but I think... uh, Kevin Pollack had a part in Avalon. You can look that up. You talk about weird quinky dinks, and now I've got a squirrel outside. I feel like uh, Tom Jones at the end of uh, Invaders from Mars or whatever that Tim Burton thing was where he was singing Not Unusual and all the creatures of the forest crawled over his upper torso. Do you remember that? Have you ever seen that movie?
0: I have, yeah. Uh, uh, Mars Attacks.
2: <laughs> Mars Attacks. <laughs> it's a weird film, but... Uh... I don't know. Well, at the end when he yeah. – uh, I've got squirrels. I've got uh, – I can't tell if that black and white bird had – I told you he was ramming his head into the window and I can't tell if that was his headdress, his plumage or he had split open his skull in some sort of suicide run. But he had the most brilliant red uh, red uh, head. Yeah.
0: But uh, anyway, Kevin Pollack was indeed in Barry Levinson's Avalon. Just to, well,
2: weird coinkininks yeah. like that. We'll ask him about it because somebody else I'll tell him and he'll say, wow, that's wild. But I was hiking yesterday with Jimmy Connors. Now, tell me this isn't weird. Uh, we hike near a golf course and there's a fence that more often than not, Jimmy's a golfer. We'll find a ball up against the wire link fence. And uh, Jimmy will just uh, reach down. He always brings his golf club when we hike because he practices his swing. And he'll stop down and show me things he's doing. And, uh, it, you know, it's just like somebody who, who hikes with a cane, you know. Jimmy likes to have his golf club in his hand because he's always adjusting his grip. And so he'll reach down and flick the ball out and pick it up and pocket it. We're walking down this hill alongside the long fence. And uh, he finds a ball on the right side of the road. I go, what is it? He said, Titleist. And I said, you know, when I was young, we couldn't afford titleists, so we always played max flies, which were a little cheaper. I said, I wonder if they make max flies anymore. He said, oh, I remember that ball. He said, I don't know if they make those anymore. We go down, we do our circle, and we come back up the other side of the road. We're right next to the fence now, and on the right so we see he flicks the ball up, holds it up to me unbelievably. It's a max fly. <laughs> I mean, you talk about weird stuff in the universe. I'm not saying that's quite, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams dying in the same (laughs) a.m. period on the same day, 50 years to the date after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. But it's kind of weird that uh, we would find a Max fly. So indeed, they still do exist. And uh, I don't know when you mix that in with the fact that somebody just made a phone call saying they love the film Avalon, (laughs) which I hadn't heard of in a long time. Yeah. I think it's about an insurance or a uh, furniture showroom or something in Baltimore. The guy was definitely a Baltimore guy. Uh, if he's out there listening right now, I'm sure you have fond memories of uh, Johnny Unitas working the eight-yard out to Raymond Berry and then flicking it across the middle to the indomitable um, John Mackey and then out into the uh, right side of the end zone into Orsville, where in the old municipal stadium when the Baltimore— colts played they didn't they could hardly fit it in so they had to build a dirt upslope on the side of the dugout <laughs> and you could run up onto top of it and jimmy orr used to go out there and work the visiting players natural reticence to <laughs> careen into a dugout he would run all his patterns in and out to, to the corner of the flag out there and they wouldn't go with him so they nicknamed it Orsville. he scored so many times there so i'm sure those memories were with our last caller any more callers christian
0: Sure, uh, we uh, can go with uh, number eight, Corby from Missouri.
2: Now, what? Uh, how does Corby end up eight on the list? I'm fascinated by that. Corby's second in our hearts, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the other guy's number? Who won? He first? was number three. Huh. Who put? So it, it must be. Let me reverse engineer this. I'm going to Arthur <laughs> Doyle. It must be the overview must be put together by Lindsay. She's the one who keeps her ear out for that. And she probably has help in that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, um, she, she's and then uh, she out on the street, she so. lassos up the whole posse. and Then uh-huh. they turn it over to you because you're cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we have to about see
0: himself. we have to see if I can trust the fact that she's highlighted two of these. And uh, today, <laughs> and I, yeah,
2: what yeah. Were, just so I can get that in the future and kind of know <laughs> fill in the blanks. What were one and two this time that you passed over them for three?
0: Uh, I, you know what I kind of like number one. Uh, Why don't we play it for you, and you can decide if you like it. So let's go with number one, Pat from Santa Monica.
1: I was uh, really hoping you'd get behind Buttigieg for president, because I, for one, look forward to the day when I can see his picture on American currency. I'm thinking maybe the $3 bill.
0: Is that a gay joke? Yeah, you know, the
2: phrase is gay as a $3 bill. All right. So that's why Um, I didn't pick it. It's not as easy as people think (laughs) to do a joke. No, no. You know what I mean. Yeah, Uh, Jesus. I don't, I don't like Budige. I don't like how mean he is to Christians. Uh, I don't like guys who shoot in a tent, or the, in this case, the confessional. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's got his Christianity carved out, but it doesn't mean anybody else who has a different yeah. take on Christianity is a bad person. And boy, he unloads. He's like, uh, what are they? In Hollywood, they have the concept of the self loathing Jew. And, uh, you know, I, and, uh, I, some of the meanest things <laughs> I've ever heard. Jewish people. <laughs> We're from Bernie Brillstein. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I guess the equivalent of that is Pete Buttigieg, I find to be the self-loathing Christian. So I'm not even a fool-bore uh, road to Damascus, uh, archangel in the makeup mirror vision uh, Christian, but I, I have lower uh, case Christian beliefs, and I'd aspire to be a Christian, but I just never have had that Sort of complete conversion where I started speaking in uh, ALM French lessons, you know, at a, uh, some TED show or something. Uh, Dido! You know, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit comes into me uh, via my oral cavity, I would remind <laughs> you. Of course. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and all of a sudden. Um, Didon, où la bibliothèque des saucissandoutes? je He's speaking in tongues. Um, whenever they speak in tongues, they always speak in ancient, like Hebraic and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Or some ancient language. Doesn't anybody speak in tongues like hip hop? <laughs> or what was Brad Pitt speaking in uh, Meet Joe Black, where he was rapping to the oh. lady in the IR at the... Uh, yeah, I don't... Have you ever seen that? I, I, I I didn't. I stayed away from that movie. Oh, you, please, Christian, promise me. Uh, I don't want to make it a job description thing. but If it's that important to you, I know oh, I'll love it. Yeah. Christian, <laughs> wow. if you can ever carve out time for a Meet Joe Black, Ken Bran is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, that's the, the ultimate double feature. In one night, you're done. You, you've closed the deal on bad movies. Well, someone who's always in great
0: movies is our friend Kevin Pollack, who's on the line now.
2: The Paul Man! Howdy-do! <laughs> Are you out, uh, I, I imagine you out at uh, the car wash today, getting the red Honda Accord buffed up?
1: You remember that car?
2: I love that car! You were the first guy who had a good car! We were all driving shit, I had that orange Volkswagen. And uh, I remember coming down into the flats, it seems to me, over in... West Hollywood, sure. or, I can't, or I can't remember where it was. Maybe I forget where you were living, but you had that beautiful red Honda Accord, and we were all envious. I think it was with Carvey that day.
1: If I may, it was the Honda Prelude, far be no. it for me to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Listen, I'm old now, Paul, man. I used to have a memory. You know that. Now it's shot, but I had the Honda part correct. How are yeah, you, my you dear did. old friend?
1: <laughs> I'm very well. I, too, age by the second. It's enough already.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Paul, man, I didn't even watch it at first till I saw you were on it, and now I'm hooked on the show, man. It's great. I was so happy when you guys won the ensemble because that thing sings, man. Shalhoub, whoever the cat is who plays Lenny Bruce just wipes me out. He's so funny. She's great. And, uh, you know, I can I can kind of see her doing it. It's like that very few times do comedians give it up to people who are non-pros about being comedians, but when Hanks did his comedic turn and her, I think, oh, yeah, I can see that. That's sort of like uh, when Joan first came out or Tony, sort of the the sexier housewife thing, albeit. But uh, I I love the show, man.
1: Oh, thank you very much. It's interesting that this show uh, wins over friends of uh, new and old, uh, like yourself who, you know, I don't put you on the top 200 list of friends I'm going to hear from saying, <laughs> Hey, I like this particular show, <laughs> but it's it's hitting every demographic. It's bananas. I mean, I, and there's no way to mess it up. I've tried and, uh, yeah, they just keep writing great. Cra- yeah. Uh, Luke Kirby who plays Lenny. Oh my God. He's unbelievable.
2: Uh, you got to give him uh, my my regard. Not that that means anything, but I'm just saying he. Of course, he I will. A cool, He is a cool wipeout in that thing, man. I really I dig him, and I love the look at Harkins back. Folks, we're talking about the uh, Mrs. Meisel and uh, Kevin in the beautiful ensemble over there. And you did win the SAG Award for Best Ensemble, didn't you?
1: We will be a returning chance next Saturday. Uh, Sunday, yeah, yes, yes. The uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is, has turned out to be a lottery ticket that I somehow won. And uh, you know, you're around this long, you don't expect uh, to be a part of people using the word zeitgeist. That's not uh, not on the menu at this age.
2: You know I'm thinking at this point, and I don't I don't know the complete filmography, but geez, you, ter- you, you you're in so many things, you must be up in the high tens, if not the low hundreds of films over the years, right?
1: I don't remember the exact number of movies I've done ninety one, but I will say,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will say that six of them are quite good.
2: <laughs> well, I'm fascinated by that. Give me your six, my friend. I'm sure there's more than that, but tell me, give me your, give me your favorite half dozen. I'm going to put
1: uh, Barry Levinson's Avalon in there. I think it's uh, arguably his masterpiece. So A Few Good Men certainly, Tom. Tom and Rob Reiner hitting the ball way out mm-hmm. of the park. Uh, usual suspects got to be in there. Casino, mm-hmm. we're up, we're right. up to four. Yeah, you were good. Uh,
2: casino Paul.
1: Oh, thanks, man. And um, I'm a sucker for the grumpy old men movies. I'll, I'll put one of them in there. And uh, the whole nine yards. Were one of the few comedies where I was allowed to be
2: funny. Is that Shane uh, Black? Right? Didn't Shane Black uh, write that? Or my? No, no, that's the no. last uh, Boy Scout or something. Yeah. Um, You know what, Paul? Listen to this. This is unbelievable, Kevin. When we come on today, we uh, play—Christian didn't even know this, my producer—but I get this call. Lindsay, do you have it that you can cue up from that gentleman? I say, do we have any voicemails from the listeners? And uh, she plays this, unbeknownst to them, that I knew you were in this. But play this. Okay.
1: But it reminded me of one of my favorite movies. The movie Avalon really depicts the time when I was born all the way up.
2: All right, we can jump in in there. Can you believe that I played that like two minutes before you came on and they didn't know you were in Avalon and it was just a random call? I mean, that is so bizarre to me how that happens. That's
1: utterly ridiculous. I got to come to rehearsal more often. I should have known that was (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs)
2: happen. We're talking to actor Kevin Pollack. I did one film with Levinson, too, and I don't know about you, Kevin, but when I, when we'd be in between takes, I'd just sit there and pick his brain. Uh, yeah. I loved his stories. He had the great stories, but he also started as a stand-up. He would pick our brains. He dug stand-ups.
1: Yeah, he th- thinks like a comedian. I found the exact same experience. In between takes, uh, he, he would be spritzing. Him and Craig T. Nelson were a comedy team in the coffee houses in the 60s, but he still thinks like a comedian. We'd be sitting around, and I'd have, like, a Letterman appearance coming up or something, or Carson, actually. It was 1989. must have been Carson. He would just say, uh, you said, you, you, you read in the paper there that uh, somebody landed a Cessna airplane in, the re, in Red Square, and we're spending half a billion dollars on uh, planes you can't see. I think I figured out a way to uh, save the military some money. What you do is you build a million Cessnas. It's <laughs> a great joke. I mean, I'm there. And I'm going. All right, I'm doing that on Carson on Friday. You, you, you know, you can't just you can't just say this stuff and it just evaporates on the set. I mean, no, that it, the, is a great
2: joke. Jesus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, I could just see his face. He must have been chuffed because I could tell he was trying to make me laugh and when he would, you know, I said, I remember thinking, don't ask us this guy. He wants to play. So when he would genuinely hit me with one, I would laugh and I could see, you know, all of a sudden there, Barry, the setup's ready. And he's like, okay, excuse me, I'm tagging this bit over here with Dennis before we get back to the (laughs) movie we're shooting. Absolutely. Way more excited about riffing from the chair. (laughs) We're talking to Kevin pollock the third season of the marvelous mrs meisel it premiered at the end of the year it's on already and and uh, i like the show so much i don't binge it because i want to i want to enjoy it every week i take my breaks with it and when it comes back i'm all excited uh, there's certain shows that i can binge when i feel like i just want to check that box they usually design shows or a cooking show or something but something like this i need to savor it and i like waiting the week before because i get excited for the uh, Uh, you know, what would ostensibly be the next week's show. It has won eight Emmy Awards, including Best Comedy, three Golden Globes, five Critics' Choice, many more from the Directors Guild the Writers Guild the Producers Guild. And as I said most recently, Kevin says they defend the throne this Saturday night. SAG Awards, the entire cast for Best Ensemble. That must have been uh, a group of who you up against this year, Pullman. Do we have a chance?
1: We're going to get stamped and stomped by Fleabag that is uh, sweeping all the awards this season yeah. as as we did our first season. But Fleabag season two, they added, added this uh, sexy priest character played by Andrew Scott, this great, great actor uh, who I've become award show friends with. That's the weird thing about this crap. You know, you you end up running into the same people over and over at these awards, and, you know, you're all laughing about it. I tend to cling to the people who don't take this stuff too seriously. Alan Arkin actually told me the best awards acceptance speech ever, which when he won the Academy Award for Little Miss Sunshine, he didn't use, which was very disappointing. But he said, if I ever win this crazy thing, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to say, thank you. Thank you very much. Listen. <laughs> I want to say two things. I, first of all, pitting actors against each other is the most heinous ridiculous thing you can do to our profession. It's not why we why we want to work and why we want to be actors. And second, I want to say this is the greatest moment of my entire life. Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that would have laid me out. Uh, and, you know, uh, Fleabag's pushed all their chips in this year because I saw this week's episode, she's breastfeeding Baby Yoda. So how could you go wrong? How can That's you off. go wrong? <laughs> that, that, is, that is fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah, let's double down. Um, That's fantastic.
2: As I said, Kevin's been, all, uh, he says 91, so who am I to quibble? I thought it was up near 100, but close, in the ballpark. What are some recent ones, Paul? Man, what is this three Christ thing I see? Are you, have you moved over into the, the Christian? Uh, I, I, I don't have any description on this film. Explain three Christs to me.
1: Yeah, sure, of course. Well, uh, first, uh, the end of uh, the year, the scary movie came out, Apparition, that I play this horrible headmaster of this boy's school who was... Uh, based on a true story, uh, a sadistic freak, which is uh, always fun to play and then run away from. Um, and then this three Christ movies based on another true story in the 50s for uh, schizophrenia. There was nothing other than uh, shock treatment. So this doctor played in this case, played by Richard Gere, comes to the sanitarium that my character runs and he wants to treat the. you know, schizophrenia by, by actually talking to these people. And so he gathers three individuals at the sanitarium who all three believe they are Jesus Christ. And he gathers them for group therapy. The premise being, look, only one of you can be Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of great, it's kind of amazing. And, uh, Walton Goggins, Bradley Woodford, and, uh, Peter Dinklage play the three, uh, inmates as it were. Uh yeah, uh, John Avnet, uh who's been around forever, direct fried green tomatoes and a whole bunch of other great stuff is our leader on this one and yeah, Three Christ uh just dropped this last weekend. And then I got and, one. Uh, by
2: the choose. way, Dinklage, Dinklage changed the water into a carafe of wine, if I'm not mistaken, as opposed
1: to a water. <laughs> <wine>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice. Very nice.
2: <laughs> well, listen, I'm, after you tell me that Levinson joke, my, yeah. my salary, salivary <laughs> glands are activated, baby. I'm looking for the jokes anywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you are. Here's, here's one you'll actually enjoy. I got a movie coming out the end of the month. Uh, January called goalie. The story of Terry Sawchuk.
2: Oh my God, folks, Terry, if you ever saw his face, uh, well, he, he made, uh, he, he made the phantom of the opera look like Jack Scalia. Cause he got yeah. a lot of rubber upside the frontal lobes, but
1: one of the, one of the last goalies to play without a face mask and loved, yeah. uh, to stop it with his face. It, it made him happy. He was, uh, yeah, just an insane player. Uh, I played Jack Adams, the great Jack Adams, who, uh, uh, signed who the
2: and- Adams divisions named after. Now I believe in hockey, right? So, uh, an all an all timer. And by the way, Satchuk had so many stitches that he was getting Gump Worsley laid. That's how uh, you know, <laughs> they were going up to Gump, and he was like Tyrone Power compared to Terry yeah. Satchuk.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thought Chuck um you know he he was voted rookie of the year in Canada and US um and then held the all-time record for most wins which I would shock me and dead at 40, just a tragic story uh uh hit the boost way too hard and and um you know, I, the, this Jack Adams character uh himself was the winningest coach uh in Red Wings history until uh 2014 Mike Babcock bumped him out of there, but it's a hell of a run. Uh who plays yeah, Sawchuck?
2: Who plays Sawchuck, Kev?
1: This incredible actor Mark uh Mark O'Brien and Mark uh uh as of late is, is showing up in, in um that Showtime series that Kevin Bacon did and um yeah he he's uh he was he was in this that movie with John Hamm of the something at the El Royale or whatever the hell mm-hmm. that was Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah yep. he he's phenomenal and he's Canadian also and he is so great in this part he's been getting incredible reviews and it opened in Canada first and yeah, I'm super thrilled for him and, and
2: um, well, you the writer get a director, Canadian kid for that because he's going to serve yeah. the memory. You know, I mean that's, that's in their blood up there, so they can't. That would be inviolate. You know, one uh, Marty Scher told me one time that he had a place up in Lake Muskoka. He's a beautiful kid yeah. up there, and he has a, a ping pong table. And he said one day, uh, Coffee Paul, Coffee and uh, and Wayne wow. Gretzky were up at the lake, and they Jeez. came over. And he said he and I think it was Eugene Levy were playing them or maybe it was Marty's brother, Mike. They were playing them in ping pong and, uh, you know, coffee and uh, Wayne were fucking around and uh, having a beer. And uh, Marty and Eugene went up like uh, 17 to 2. And then all of a sudden, the two real athletes looked at each other and said, well, "We're not going to lose to these morons. These are the final scores: twenty-one It's Like all of a sudden, the the hand eye comes out. You know, they're they're, right. they're exchanging paddles in mid blow and hitting it with yep. their off hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just taking Just,
1: the ping pong to the face. Yeah, they. Yeah, these guys are not going to lose.
2: Right, and that's what not- separates pros from amateurs. They get to a point where they'll screw around, and then they're going to drill you with something. Now, Paul, man, when I think about you, I always think there's no more convivial guy, folks. I'm telling you, when there was so many egos and uh, and good egos, I I'm not, I don't remember my Halcyon days in comedy as a young man to be that contentious. Everybody was sort of supportive, but everybody also measured turf. And I always thought the Interlocutor, the guy who brought it all together, who was killing it, and also fun, and he also also propped you up when you had something that went well and gave you solace. I always thought you'd make a great director, Paul Man. and I'm wondering, have you, have you tried it? Did you dig it? Is it too hard? What, give me your thoughts on directing films.
1: I, I dipped in a little, a couple of years ago, direct this little indie comedy uh, that Netflix bought. Oh, well, and what is it? So
2: I can watch it. What's it called? Late Bloomer,
1: yeah. I uh, came on board as a gun for hire and then just started casting people over the phone. J.K. Simmons, Maria Bello, Jane Lynch, uh, Beck Bennett, Kumail Nanjiani, Ken Marino. That's uh, what a cast
2: covers. You called oh, in, yeah, yeah. You're just friendship markers and all them?
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, Brittany Snow, Brian Doyle Murray. I mean, I went bananas. called everybody and please, said, please come play. We. I have coffee and donuts to pay you. Uh, <laughs> but it, But it was really fun. Actually, also weirdly based on a true story about a guy who did not go through puberty till age 30. So, yes, Dennis, there's a masturbation montage. What could I do? Wow. That's uh,
2: when your wet dream is a nightmare. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> oh, man. I should
1: have been on the one sheet.
2: <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you have that recurrent wet dream where you're you're late to get somewhere and you can't make it. And they're calling your name.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anywho, so I did love it. And um, I've been asked to, to direct another movie when we finish this next season of Mrs. Maisel. We go back to work in the spring. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, it's an interesting call. I, I put it off my whole life and then picked it up a couple of years ago. And yes, I am hooked. I'm madly in love. I don't know why I wasted so much time. Well, I can I think, see you,
2: Paul, because, you know, I know that you like to pour into a script, you like to figure it out, and yeah. like I said, your people skills are non-parallel, so I'm so happy to hear that. I, I think uh, there's your there's your beautiful third act, baby. I see you directing uh, heartfelt uh, things now, well into your—what what are we living to now? And well into your 90s, you'll be the Hume Cronin of directing.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be the— the Jew, Clint Eastwood, who says, You know, I do need more than one take. <laughs> <laughs>
2: beautiful well listen brother i love you you know i'm a bit defective socially and i don't um, you know i'm I'm like kurtz i went up the river and i don't come down but you know I, i love you with all my heart you're you're one of the sweetest men i ever worked with and when i think back on some of my funnest fondest moments in comedy when i really felt like i had made it i was inside the room with the people i wanted to be in with and i found them to not be anything but the nicest people in the world you're right there at the hub of it my friend
1: well, thank you very much for that. And listen, I'm still with the girl from Pittsburgh, so we'll make a trek north and uh, break some bread.
2: You're welcome to. And uh, Christian, well, you have my phone number. Now give me a call if you come up. I'd love to see you. I love you, Kevin Pollock. You're one of the good ones, man.
1: Thanks, pal. And hey, let me give a shout out to my 49ers and their chances of uh, of a certain title this year. It's possible, right?
2: Yeah, I think Jimmy G's dating Saka now. I think she Kind of singing. I'll talk yeah. at you, Paul, man. All right, take care. <laughs> the great Kevin Pollard. Uh, what a lovely cat. Oh, did we used to laugh. Jesus, we were broke and young, and like I said, he started the score because he had acting chops, and I wow. just remember us all standing over his prelude. Sorry. Yeah. What did I call it? An accord. I don't even think they had been made. The prelude was definitely, though, the silver cloud of the... That's a huge show
0: business insult that you said he had an accord and not a prelude. (laughs) I
2: I felt bad. You could tell he took a stand on that, too. I'm going to watch his movie. It sounds good. And Kevin's got a podcast called Alchemy This. I guess it's sort of an improvisational. Yeah, that's what I was reading about, yeah. Kevin dot TV. Now, we're going to do the show for a second year, right? Isn't that all taken care of?
0: I believe so. I uh, Nobody asked me. I mean, you asked. Well,
2: there me, you go, folks. No. Tell your friends. <laughs> no. Tell your kin that uh, we're going to do a show. You, you want to do it, Christian. Of right? course. Yeah, no, I mean, you know. I, well, mean, I don't know, of course, but Christ, not working the broadcast over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are working it, too. And uh, how many episodes are you on? Uh,
0: 357. Wow. Six of them are good. Just to borrow a phrase from our friend Kevin Pollock.
2: <laughs> Not funny that Avalon comes up. But that's that was very favorite. strange. And we get a call about Avalon. Right I love before. Barry Levinson. And
0: I don't know that movie. So I have to I have to find that oh, one too. It's a,
2: it's a wild family study in Baltimore. Once again, it's in his Baltimore series. Right. And uh, I just remember something about they own a furniture warehouse and there's money problems maybe. And I seem to remember the guy. There's a great movie written by Joe. Who's the guy who wrote the Sharon Stone leg cross movie, Basic Instinct? Joe. Oh, Esther House. Esterhaus. Yeah. And he eventually blew out Hollywood. I, I read his. Um, have you read his Christian testimony? No, I think we had him on the radio show to talk about it. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating book. He beca- he's the roughest yoon guy it's like john melius if that's how you say his name or one of those uh... rough cats uh... sharp elbowed guys who knew how to burly their way through hollywood john it would be like reading john houston was born again esther house becomes born again and it's a pretty fascinating read because it's still in a lot of the rough human language and i don't mean swearing i just mean you know um... sort of john ford type take on christianity so pretty fascinating book He wrote a story before he became the name above the title. He wrote a great screenplay about Jessica Lange finding out that her father, Armin Stolmuner, or whatever that actress is, do you remember him? I don't think I Uh, do, no. Well, look him up uh, because I don't have the name quite right. Armin Mueller Stern or something was a Nazi uh, higher-up. And she finds out, and uh, she loves her father, and uh, she's defending him in court and then finds out it's true. It's called The Music Box, I believe it was written by Joe Esther. It's a startling movie. I really find that movie uh, amazing and painful and scary. And uh, he, uh, I believe, played the father in Avalon. I'm making some loose connections here, but uh, I, uh, I think he played. Uh, uh, the father in Avalon. Maybe I'm wrong, but that seems to fall together. Did Armin Muller-Stahl, is that his name, Christian? Yes,
0: I'm uh, just bringing up the movie and reading about it, but uh, uh, I think they might have changed the name of the character, actually, for... For this movie that, uh, yeah, a defense attorney learns that her father, a Hungarian immigrant, Michael Laszlo, is in danger of having a citizenship revoked. Yeah, so, that's the character's name. Right. But
2: I think his name is Armand Mueller-Stahl, if I'm not mistaken. Not to be confused with Klaus-Marie Brandauer, who's so excellent. Oh, yeah, in- I see the
0: actor's name now. Yes, you're correct.
2: Armand Mueller-Stahl. All right, so I think he also plays the f- father, or the the paterfamilias character in... Uh, in Avalon. All right. What else are we going to do for the hour, Christian? You got anything you want to do? Well, just, just try to, to do an hour every yeah, week this year. Or right, maybe even more. But I can't bring myself to do it today. But uh, you tell me when we get up around an hour. I, 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 I looked over. it on, on Apple, and some of the things say that we did 47 minutes, and I thought that seems a little. Well, uh, I mean, that's better than the ones where we did 39, you know. I oh, mean, look, the up. Astros GM and the manager suspended for a year for cheating.
3: Yeah.
2: <sighs> Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you got to. Well, right? I they, guess well, Listen, so. that goes on everywhere. They just got caught. Yeah. Well, I yeah, bet you exactly. every team has something like that. Oh, and then the Astros fired them. Wow. wow. So they were suspended for a year, and then Astros owner Jim Crane fires manager A.J. Hinch and Jeff Leno for roles in the sign ceiling scandal. So Crane is trying to stop the uh, body count outside his door because he's got grandkids, no doubt. If he owns a team, he's probably rich and avuncular and older, and he's trying to keep the taint off him. So he's got to throw those two out the door. So A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lanau, I would give them a year off, and then I would work the contrition angle, and I would bring them back because I think they're both super sharp guys and uh, you know Greg Williams had to serve his penance and you can see uh, how stupid the Browns were last year this Jimmy Haslam guy is the most debonair hack imaginable (laughs) that he would uh, bring Freddie Kitchens in and let Greg Williams go and then you see what the team lacked was any sort of overall meta discipline I mean they did what they wanted and uh, they weren't going to do that with Greg Williams so uh, that was stupid firing and now they're bringing in another young kid, Stefanski, to coach, and that's who they wanted last year. You know, who, you know who wanted him, Paul DePodesta, who's the uh, sabermetrics guy from the movie Moneyball. Yes, right. Uh, I, I don't know what the, the the chunky guy played him in that film, and he was great. Jonah Hill, what it, what it, yeah, yeah, Jonah Hill was great. <laughs> but that's. Patterned after Paul D. Podesta. He's the only guy who survived the purge over there. They've whacked Kitchens. They've whacked Dorsey. They've kept him. And he got his pick last year. He won a Stefanski. I don't know if Stefanski, all I know is. In the NFL, it's tough to find somebody who engenders discipline. And Greg Williams did it last year, and they whacked him. And I think he's overdoing the D at the Jets, but they should have just kept him in the first place, and they'd be a year further down the road. So, what uh, else, Christian? Well,
0: just uh, in terms of the uh, the cheating scandal, obviously that's the the Astros for two thousand seventeen, and then there's uh, you know it's early rumble. Yeah, they're going to go after Cora, right? Yeah, they're, it, they're uh, going after the Red Sox two thousand eighteen, and and it's worth pointing out. Those are the two World Series that the Dodgers lost. <laughs> so they were in the two World Series with the teams that are accused of cheating. So it doesn't well, necessarily listen, mean they
2: got If they got to put Hinshot, they, and I'm not saying they have to fire him, but um, Cora's got to sit down for a year, right? I would say so, okay. yeah. But then they've got problems there because isn't Cora, um, what do they call it, a minority hire? Is he uh, what, what is his lineage?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly. I think you can
2: whack A.J. Hinch. Y- that's easy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm just going to... Uh, mm, you, you, I don't think you'll catch it from Cora. I think he's a good soldier, but I think... Yes. Uh, he's Puerto Rican. I think you're so, going to yes. catch it from a mindlessly politically correct virtue signaling uh, sports corps in this country now. Jesus. Yeah. Well, it, don't you think ESPN's pretty even- <laughs> Sorry, I tried to say I mean, Everything <laughs> is shot through the prism of, uh, you know... Uh, the uh, minority hires and all that and if they whack Cora for a year they're going to catch some heat in that way but anyway AJ Hinch out and uh oh you know what I saw over the weekend by the way and I can't say if you haven't seen it yet um it's it's not a great movie but can I tell you it's a delightful confection that perfectly punctuates what was a super enjoyable show over the years Downton Abbey did you see it Christian? Uh, the movie, I did not see it, actually. Yeah, it's sweet. Uh, I can't say it's of consequence, and they tighten up too many uh, loose ends all at once, and uh, it becomes, I don't I don't think to the degree that The, Sky, the Rise of Skywalker does, but yeah. uh, certainly they have a bunch of things, and a couple of the things are, you know, Joan Didion, Year of Magical Thinking type stuff, fantasy, phantasmic, but uh, it's, uh, it's sweet enough, and it's uh, well-intentioned, and they put a nice coda... On, I don't know, my second favorite TV show ever. Eh, second or third. I got Mad Men in the one slot, Christian. What do you have? The Coke guy movie? Uh, Breaking Bad?
0: Oh, I thought you meant Max Headroom. That's where my brain went. Uh, because, you know, that's top ten. I mean, Easy. Uh, yeah, you know, it's hard for me to move Mad Men, but I'm, of course, very biased, but, I mean, the show is so good. Sopranos is right up there. That's one and two for me, Sopranos and Mad Men.
2: Yeah, me too. And then, uh, I gotta go, uh, with the, uh, one I just mentioned is the third one. Sorry, I blanked there. But, uh... Uh, Christian's wife, for those of you uninitiated, wrote one of the penultimate, uh, penultimate means exactly two out. I don't think it was that. It, three, the final I,
0: season, yeah.
2: In the final season, she wrote an episode. Wrote an episode. So there you go. Good for her. And uh, remember, weren't they visiting some sort of Spawn Ranch commune or something in your wife's episode? No, that's the series
0: finale which she actually appeared on camera as one of the people meditating. She's yeah, actually she's the next second to, last yeah, face you see. She's next Maybe. to John Hamm, yeah. Wow.
2: But no, no, I'm saying in her episode did they not go up No, her episode It wasn't
0: a it, it was a field trip that uh that yes. uh, that they take uh, Bobby to and uh, he gives uh, he gives Betty's lunch away to a friend which is something that really happened to the uh, the creator of the show Matt Weiner so uh, some real-life pain in there
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right and there that thus is bred the soul of an artist (laughs) right there Um, having your lunch given away well I always told you that that was my favorite part of the Keith Richards book you know he turned out to be such a rebel such a radical And it turns out he was in a choral team in grade school, and in the sixth grade they were supposed to travel, and they had a five-man team that traveled, and they whacked it down to four at the last minute. And Keith was the fifth wheel, and he didn't get to go on the choral group travel thing. And he said, fuck that, I'll never belong again. So (laughs) (laughs) this complete anarchistic personality is bred of him. Of the softest of mellow tones, <laughs> that he's not allowed to go harmonize with the other kids on the seventh grade choral group field trip. I know you thought he came from a deeper, darker yeah. place than that, perhaps Altamont. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's where it was birthed, right there. All right, folks, good to talk to you. We'll see you next time. And we'll be here for a year, so tell your friends. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller
1: Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here.